Well, take out your Bible, turn over to John 13. <clears throat> John 13. And we're going to talk about the hands and feet of Jesus. But before we do that, I want to honor someone who has been a very, very important servant in our church. He's done a lot of behind the things, scenes things for us. And so, Bonnie Madeira, I want you to come up here. I know you're behind the board, but I want you to come up here. Come on up. You can leave that sit for a minute. And the reason I want to honor Bonnie is because I don't know that you realize this, but Every Sunday when you leave, he is setting up for Awana year after year after year, he and his family. And so I just want to give you a gift card for your family at Texas Roadhouse. And thank you very much for being a servant. Yep. He truly is. He's a quiet, behind-the-scenes guy, but he does so much to help me as well as to set up for Awana. Well, we're going to talk about picking up our towel today, and uh, I brought towel in to remind ourselves of the story. Let's read John 13. If you have your Bible, John 13, verses 1 through 5. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And may God add his blessing at the reading of his word this morning. Jesus loved his disciples to the very end. I mean, I think it's amazing the friendship that he established with them over the three years. And even with their times of not believing and lack of faith and not learning the lessons that he wanted them to learn at the time he would give them, he loved them to the very end. And of course, they were the only plan to go forward to share the gospel after he left earth and the Holy Spirit came down. And Jesus demonstrated that love to them just before he went to the cross for their sins and the sins of the whole world, and he took on the form of an earthly servant. Now stop and think about that for a minute. Jesus first left the very throne room of heaven back when he was born and wrapped himself up in human flesh. In Philippians 2, it talks about that he took on the form of a servant, became a human being. But then, in this story, he becomes the lowliest of the low human beings. Think about that. The depths that the Son of God was willing to go to teach a valuable lesson. He comes to earth, and while teaching everyone, especially his disciples, he says that those who would be the greatest in his kingdom would be servant to others or to all. So Jesus, in this story, dressed as a servant, and he took a towel, he filled the basin with water and washed the disciples' feet. <clears throat> this would have been, as I said, the lowliest job at the time. Now think about that. How many of us would want to be one who washed servants' feet or people's feet? And that day, people wore sandals. <clears throat> they were out on the road, and the road was dirty and muddy. And so their shoes were open. They got very filthy. They had calluses on them from all the times of walking, because they walked everywhere. 
And they had to wash each other's feet because when they sat down to eat, back in those times, the table was pretty low and you leaned on your side on a pillow and your feet was in the next person's face as you sat at the table and ate. This was a very important thing that Jesus was demonstrating. He was taking on the role of a servant, not by his choice, but to set an example for us to do the same. We would much rather be served than serve, if we're honest, in our humanity. But Jesus shared why he came to earth in Matthew 20. It says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The very Son of God did not think it was beneath him to come to earth and identify with his creation and to serve them. God has called each and every one of us to serve others as part of the body of Christ. So here's four things really quick on your handout there. Our service to others must be motivated by love. That's the first thing we see Jesus demonstrate here by love, motivated by love. He wanted his disciples to know how much he loved them, to lower himself even to the place of an earthly servant and wash their feet. 1 John 3.17 challenges us, if anyone that we see has material possessions, sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? You and I were called to look around to look for the needs of others and to see if there's something we could do to help meet that need. Second of all, our service to others is as simple as offering a drink to one who is thirsty. It's that simple. It's, it's doing the little things for people. Like Banyu, I'm telling you how he sets up every week faithfully with his family. And we all, many of you in this church, do lots and lots of things that are behind the scenes that people know very little about. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 30, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So as we take care of the physical needs of those we serve, we should be sharing the gospel with them as well to meet the greatest need a human being has, and that is Christ the Lord as Savior in their heart. We have to remember that the gospel is holistic. It's not just ministering to the soul, but it's also ministering to the physical and the emotional aspects of a person's life as well. That's why I think of Samaritan's Purse, Red Cross. Uh, we think of Salvation Army, national organization that asks for lots and lots of volunteers to serve those in need with ongoing situations or times of disaster. We think of parachurch ministries in our community. We think of Hope at the Brick House, as we mentioned. Youth Hope, Cross the River, Pregnancy Resources. Some of you have been involved or are involved in these things, and there's many more we could list. But thank God for all who volunteered to build eternal values into the lives of people when they need it the most, when they're going through the most difficult times in their life. You know, it's interesting how many churches down in the Quad Cities do something like this where they go out and serve their community. Just a couple weeks ago on the news on Sunday, St. Ambrose sent their students out to the neighborhood to serve others. And so we can do the little things to make a difference. Thirdly, our service to others should be as if those we serve were the Lord. We need to realize that each person we're 
helping in need is made in the image of God, that God created them. But God goes on to say that if you do it for one of them, you're doing it as if to me. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And when we serve others and have the attitude of giving out of love, it is well-pleasing to the Lord. We need to do our best. We need to give of ourselves richly and generously. We serve others as if Jesus were in our presence. The Bible teaches that there's a reward for those who serve the Lord diligently by caring for the needs of others. And he gives that admonition in one of his parables where he says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Number four, our service to others is giving of ourselves, expecting nothing in return. Giving with no strings attached. And that's really the heart of what Serve Sunday is. We go out, we help our community, we fill in gaps where they're unable to to take care of things that they want to get done, and we're able to be a blessing to so many people. I think of the example of the Good Samaritan. You know the story very well. The Jewish man was beat up and left in the ditch, and the priest and the Levite come along, and they're the ones that should have stopped and met the need of the one in the ditch because that was one of their own brothers. But they went as far away as they could on the other side of the road and kept going. But it was the hated Samaritan who came and saw his neighbor in the ditch and took him and put him on the beast and then, of course, took care of him. And Jesus said, that is your neighbor, anyone who is in need. And sometimes God sends people with needs in in an image of human beings, but who are angels, angels that God sends our way. Hebrews 13 says this, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Only heaven will reveal who we have touched and how God used us to impact and influence the lives of others for him. See, we need to see the needs of those around us, but we can't solve all those needs. We just need to take care of the ones that we know that God has placed on our heart to take care of. We can't take care of the whole world. There's a story about a little boy, and you've probably heard this story before. He was down on the Florida coast, and there was a tremendous storm, and all these starfish washed up on the shore. And the little boy was walking along, and every so often he'd pick a starfish up, and he'd throw it back in the water. But there were just massive amounts. There was no way he could clear the beach. And finally, this elderly gentleman who was walking the other direction stopped and said, little boy, don't you know you're wasting your time? You're not going to be able to take care of all these starfish. And he says, yeah, but at least I can take care of the few that I can throw back into the water. We shouldn't get overwhelmed with how much need there is in our world, but we need to look at what little bit that we can do. And so our key thought today is this, are we willing to pick up our towel and serve whoever and whatever God would have you to do? Are you willing to pick up your towel to become a servant, to do the lowliest tasks? Because you never know when you do that and demonstrate the love of Christ to someone, it may be the very thing that draws him, draws someone to the Savior. 
Richard Halverson, who was the pastor of Fourth Presbyterian Church in Bethesda, Maryland, but also was a chaplain for the United States Senate, had this benediction as I close for being a servant. He said, wherever you go, God is sending you. Wherever you are, God has put you there. God has a purpose in your being right where you are. Christ, who indwells you by the power of his spirit, wants to do something in and through you. Believe this and go in his grace, his love, his power, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, as the worship team comes, I, Lord, I just ask that as we go out, that we'll be your ambassadors, your representatives. We may bump into people from uh, where the places we go, or we may not. But, Lord, may the fruit of our labors um, express our love and generosity to those that we can come alongside and help today. Guide and direct us as we go in a few minutes. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.